This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Okay, go with me to the book of Romans, chapter number 10. Romans chapter 10. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dabble a little bit in Romans 10. I'm going I'm to be in a number of places in that passage today. But again, it, it will begin to identify to us not only how faith comes, but I believe how faith is released. Just right here in the book of Romans chapter 10. So you've got your Bible. Look with me in verse number 11. For the scripture says, the scripture reassures us, Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. The Amplified says he's rich to all who call upon him in faith. Verse 13. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, as I begin to look at there, there's some wording in there that he says you believe in the Lord. That takes faith to believe in Lord Jesus who you've never seen with your physical eyes, but the scriptures reassure us. So my salvation is based off what the word of God says, but he says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord. So you may highlight the word call there and you have to ask yourself this question. What does the word call mean? It means you're gonna have to speak. You're gonna have to say something out of your mouth. And so when we talk about that, To receive Jesus as Lord of your life, it's a confession of faith. And the word confession means to declare or to acknowledge of the truth. And so again, confession is faith's way of expressing himself. So I like to say this, that confession is an affirmation. An affirmation is affirming what you believe in your heart. So the way you believe in your heart, the way you release it, you confess it out of your mouth. Now, go backwards a little bit with me here. Go to the same chapter, but verse number nine. That if you, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, when we see the word believe there, it's a personal trust. But the way you're born again, according to verse nine, is appropriated by heart belief and a spoken confession. So he said, if you believe in Jesus, that he's the son of God and that God raised him from the dead, you'll confess that with your mouth. So again, you begin to see some things that are huge in how I get born again. Verse 10, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So when you see here the spoken confession and the belief of the heart, this is not only the way I get born again, this is the way the kingdom of God continually works in every area. Now, the word confess in the Greek means it's a a binding public declaration. And so when we confess with our mouth, it confirms and seals the belief that's in our heart. So if you'll begin to notice that right there, your mouth and my mouth play a huge role of where you're gonna spend eternity at. 
So my mouth is a very, very big deal. It's, it's a tool. Now, turn with me to the right, to the book of, of Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. If you'll begin to get a hold of what they said there, or what, what the apostle Paul said, it's a powerful truth. I believe with my heart, and I confess with my mouth. So we go to this book of Mark, Chapter 16. Now, this is the last book of Mark. And so Jesus gives them the great commission here. Now, understand when he gives this, he's already died on the cross and he's already rose from the dead. And so we begin in Mark 16, verse 14. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief. The word rebuke there means he reproved them or he reproached them. Now notice he said he rebuked their unbelief. If you were here several weeks ago, unbelief has to do with disobedience. And he rebuked their disobedience. Now the reason we highlight that in this is because Jesus had told them over and over and over. And he said, listen, fellas, I'm going to die, but in three days I'm going to rise from the dead. And he said to them over and over and again. So this was the reason he had rebuked them because they just wouldn't obey or believe what he said. And then he says something else. And the hardness or the stubbornness of your heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Now, when, when Jesus rebukes them, it's, it's like a parent that would be rebuking or discipline his child. And when we do that, we don't do that because we don't love them. We do that because we do love them and we want the best for them. I mean, it would be like a child who's riding his bike and you tell him over and over, don't ride your bike out in the street. And then one day he does it. You're not probably going to sit on the front porch and applaud him. Way to go, Johnny. That's brilliant. No, out of your mouth, you would probably in authoritative voice say, get out of the street. It would be a strong, not because you're against him, you're for him. So again, when Jesus says this, he's, he's like saying, come on, fellas, come on. Hook up here with me. Verse 15, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, I, I want you to hold fast there what he told them to do. He said, preach the gospel. Preach the word of God. Preach the good news of Jesus Christ. And for them to preach the word of God, that was the word of God that would come out of their mouth. Now, this is what Jesus prescribed and told them to do. So between verse 15 and verse 20, you'll see that they both end with several, uh, uh, similar cha challenges or charges that he gives them. So he says, you got to preach the gospel. You know why he knew that? That's the only thing that does us any good. I, I could stand up here tonight and tell you stories and make you laugh, but if I don't give you the word of God, it doesn't do you no good. And so that's what Jesus is saying. Then he goes on to say, he who believes and be baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. 
And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, in the name of Jesus, they will cast out demons. In my name, they will speak with new tongues. In my name, they will take up serpents. And they drink anything deadly will by no means hurt them. In my name, they will lay hands on the sick and they will cover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and he sat down at the right hand of God. And you know why Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father? You don't sit down until the job's completed. So you know what he says? I've done my part and now I've given you your assignment and it's up to you to do it. Now watch how he ends in these last two verses here. Or the last verse, verse 20. And they, the disciples, went out. Look what they did. They preached everywhere the Lord, working with them and confirming the word. They confirmed the word. And how did they confirm the word? Through a company signs. And so what you begin to see here is God doesn't do anything until the word of God is spoken. And when the word of God is spoken, then it begins to move. But God knows this. When the word of God is absent, faith is absent. So if you always go and even you study Jesus' life, you know what he'll say he was doing? He went about teaching and preaching. And then he would begin to move. But he would always put the word of God in him. So when you look at what he says here, he says, I'll confirm the word. I'll confirm the word. And so he said that with a company signs. Now remember this, guys. Signs don't follow people. They don't follow cities. They follow the word of God when it's preached. So you begin to see the significance of the word of God. Don't chase signs and wonders. Chase the word of God. And when you get into the word of God, guess what's going to happen with it? There's going to be signs and wonders that follow it. So I begin to look at this passage right here, and you begin to see immediately the emphasis was we've got to get the word of God into people. And it hasn't changed. Now, now look with me in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And as you're turning this, I, I would ask you to begin to say, Father God, grace me with an appetite for the word of God. Man, well, I, I hunger for the word of God. Remember the Lord Jesus said this in Matthew 4, 4. He said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So the same way that I hunger for the things in the natural, he said, man, begin to hunger for the word of God. Begin to say, Lord, I, I have an appetite for your word. And then get into the word and God will get into you. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 13. And since we have the same spirit of faith, at second Peter 1, 1 is where that's cross-referenced and says, those who have obtained like precious faith. Since we have the same spirit of faith, listen to this, according to what is written. And so the way we have the same spirit of faith is through this Bible, the, the, the written word of God, according to what is written. So when you see the written word of God, that is a word called the logos. It's written, it's right there before us. 
Now look what he says to do with the, the written word. I believed what he believed. He believed the written word of God. He believed the scriptures and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. So what begins to happen here is you want to raise your level of expectancy? Start speaking the word of God out of your mouth. Get in agreement with the word of God. One of the secrets of faith is continually say what the word of God says. Speak the word over your lives. Speak the word over your families. And so what happens with the written word, the logos, the way the written word comes alive for every one of us is what we call the rhema. And when you start speaking the word of God, the rhema is the spoken word. That's one of the greatest ways your faith will be released. So when I look at this right here, I ask myself a little question. Could you determine in my life or another person's life if they're walking in faith by the words that come out of their mouth? See, our words will locate us. And so again, if you're walking in faith, your words that are coming out of your mouth are going to be expressions of faith or even the word of God. So guess what? You got, you got to get your mouth in line with the word of God. Why is that so significant? Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of your tongue. Proverbs, not Proverbs, Matthew 12, 34 says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So again, when you start putting the word of God in there, start quoting the word over your own life and continually to speak it. Now, this, this happened at the men of iron. I was involved with this guy a year ago with my brother. And, and this guy was very successful in business, but his businesses were doing this. They were dipping. And you ought to heard the words out of his mouth. I mean, he was saying, we're not going to make it. He said, I'm going to have to start laying off employees. He said, the economy's not good. This isn't good. And I mean, he's just yakking, yakking, yakking. And so my brother has a relationship with him. And my brother says to him, can I speak a truth into your life? And he said, yeah. And he said, your tongue is destroying you. The words out of your mouth are painting the picture that's what happened in your life. And so he begins to share with him, well, I, I walk away. I get out of the conversation. That same guy is at the Men of Iron this year. And I have lunch with him one day and he said, your brother gave me a nugget that you like to say about yourself that has set me free. And I said, oh yeah, what'd he tell you? And he said, you like to tag the words you say out of your mouth with a little, a little phrase at the end, and that's just the way I want it. And he said, I never realized the power of confession, the power of the spoken word, the power of my own words. And so he said, I started tagging everything with, and that's just the way I want it. And so if you haven't been here before, this will help you. When you start going around your house and it seems like it's really easy to bellyache and say what a sorry day you're having, you know what you need to tag it with? And that's just the way I want it. And my children, they never obey me and that's just the way I want it. My children never pick up their clothes and that's just, we're always broke. We never have enough and that's just the way I want it. You know, it's the flu season and I'll guarantee everybody in my house is gonna get it and that's just the way I want it. 
So this guy starts preaching that back to me and I look at it and he says, it's revolutionized my life, my home, and my business. And he said, not only that, he said, when I hear employees come in and they start yakking, yakking, negative, he looks and he says, and that's not the way we want it. And he said, they've all gotten used to that. And so again, we hear what he says right here, the apostle Paul, he says, speak the word, speak the word, speak the word. Get in a habit of disciplining your tongue and, and speaking the word. And you may have to ask God, God, grace me, help me, put, put, a, put a, not a Venus fly trap, but a, a word trap over my mouth to help me. Now, I want you to see just a couple verses. Go with me to the book of Proverbs chapter six. Proverbs chapter six. I'm going to show you a couple passages here in Proverbs that will really help you. Just a couple things that I, I believe will give you enlightenment biblically on just how important your little tongue is. Proverbs 6. Uh, I don't know how long I'll be on this area. But there's sometimes I go through this every, every year just to refresh us to say, man, I, I got to get my tongue in line. Proverbs 6, verse 2. You are snared or trapped by the words of your mouth. Wow. You are taken or caught by the word or the speech of your mouth. Now, I encourage you, today's May 1st, I, I encourage you this month, every day this month, read one of the Proverbs. There's 31 of them, okay? Read one today, two tomorrow, but I encourage you, you take a highlighter out and in the Proverbs, you begin to mark every time it mentions your mouth, your tongues, your word, your speech, you're gonna be shocked what's in there. But it'll set you free. What it will begin to do, it will begin to be like a wake-up call and you get ready to say something, then you realize, I don't wanna say that. I don't wanna say that. I want my words to line up with the word of God. Uh, Proverbs 13. Proverbs 13, verse 3. Oh, this is a good one. Listen to this. He or the one who guards his mouth preserves or keeps his life. Wow. I don't know about you. I, I want my life preserved. But if I read into just what he said there, if I don't pay attention to my words, my life is not going to be preserved. He goes on to say, but he who opens wide his lips, he speaks rationally, shall have destruction. Now, I don't know if you equated that right there, but he just said, the words out of your mouth or my mouth have the ability to cause destruction. Oh, pastor, my tongue's not that powerful. Well, this is what he just said here. And so I, I, I got to stay with these things and begin to get, get, get the word of God. And I released the word of God. Now, I didn't read this a minute ago, but in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says this, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How does faith come? By hearing the word of God. That's how faith comes. But I believe the way faith is released is out of my mouth.
that I speak what I believe. Again, you go back and look at salvation. You believe in your heart and you speak it with your mouth. So what begins to happen is the more that I hear of the word of God in an area of my life and I start speaking that out of my mouth, I I believe it starts taking root. I believe things start happening within your life. So even in my own life, the areas that I begin to see blessings in my life would take place when I would begin to speak the word of God and me and Shelly would pray. You know, the Bible says there in uh, Matthew that, that in Matthew 18, the prayer of agreement, if two of you will agree on anything on earth, it'll happen. So me and her, we would grab hands and we would get in a prayer agreement and we would pray what the word of God says. And I can tell you story after story about how we got in, in line with the word of God. And you know, they're in... Um, Philippians 4, 19, it says, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So we've stood on scriptures like that. Here's your good one. And this is the upcoming weeks. Uh, next week, I'm going to start on the area of faith. And this is where this was birthed off of this, this, this scripture. Psalms 5, 12. He blesses his righteous and his favor surrounds you like a shield. He blesses his righteous. Well, if you're born again, you're righteous. And his favor surrounds you like a shield. I'm going to talk next week on the area of favor. So in our lives, we stood on that. There was, I I was about 20, 23 or 24 years old. I needed a better job. And there was a a company that was hiring a, a big utility company. And there was 300 guys looking for one job. And they cut it down to five. And man, me and Shelly begin to pray. We said, we thank you, Father God. You bless us, you're righteous, and your favor surrounds us like a shield. They narrowed it down to two, me and another guy. And the next day they called and they told the other guy he got the job and I didn't get it. I was devastated. And Shelly looked and said, "Uh uh-uh, uh-uh. The favor of God. God's got something better. Two weeks later, the same company comes around and hires me for a different position that was far better than the other one. Now, I'm just going to tell you right now, I, I, don't, get, I don't get dressed in a phone booth, okay? I, I'm just like you guys. I'm, I'm just as human as you guys are. And so what I'm telling you, you got to start believing God and start speaking those things and saying, oh God, I believe that. I believe your, your favor is upon me. It's, it's upon me. Over and over and over and over and over. Did I tell you to go somewhere else? Go, go to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. I'm just giving you illustrations how we, we have believed and, and spoken the word of God over and over. You know, she had, she had gone to college. Shelly had to get her degree in teaching. And um, we got into August this, this one year and she hadn't been hired and we didn't press the panic button and just freak out. Oh, God. We said, Father God, you got something. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you, Father God, that, that you order the steps of the righteous. And we get in agreement and pray. Three days before school started, they called and said, we got a job for you. See, believe, a lot of times I believe the, the battle of faith is lost. You know where it's lost? One inch beneath your nose, right here in your tongue. I knew God wouldn't hear me. I knew God wasn't working. 
God never answers my prayers. That's just the way I want it. See, I got to be careful. And again, you just hang on to the scriptures of God. You just keep speaking them. You keep believing them. Deuteronomy 30, verse 11. Ooh, this is a good one here. For this is the commandment which I command you today. Is not too mysterious for you, nor is it too far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will send into heaven for us and bring to us that we may hear it and do it. In other words, who's going to go up into heaven and get, get the word that's so mysterious and bring it to us? Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? In other words, do I got to get a sailor to go across the sea and get it? That's not what he's talking about. And so when you see here that, that the commandment that Moses gave them did not impose on the people a, a condition that they couldn't understand or, or they couldn't fulfill it. But when you see the word of God, the word of God is practical. The word of God is realistic. And there is no excuses to disobey it. So, man, I look at the word of God. And you may say, well, Pastor, I, I've only got a fifth grade education. God will help you. God will make the word plain and simple. He'll cause it to come to life to you. Verse 14. Now watch this. But the word is very near you. In your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. The word of God has got to get near you. And how does the word of God get near you? I got to get it in my mouth and I got to believe it with my heart. One translation says, your mouth, your mind, and your heart that you may ultimately do it. So before long, when you start speaking the word of God, you're going to gravitate to that word. So your homework assignment is you got to find scriptures that are pertaining to your life and you, you start speaking it. You speak it and you speak it and you speak it. And you speak that over your children and your grandkids. You speak that over your home. You speak that over your job. You watch what happens when people begin to speak the word of God. So the highlight of this again tonight is you begin to see Romans 10. You got to confess. You got to confess. You jump back into this. Everything tonight, for the most part, had to do with my tongue. My tongue. Now, one of the ways I began to defeat a negative tongue was me and Shelly made this agreement that if either one of us ever said anything that went against what the Word of God said or what we were believing God for, the other had permission to say, quit, don't do that. I didn't like it. You know Why? Because she got to say that to me about 10 times for every one I got to say to her. <laughs> it's the craziest thing in the world. And, and I think this is what happens to us as human beings. I could be driving down the road and I could just start yakking about negative, just, and she would look at me and she'd say, Is that what you really want to have? I said, No, no, no. Well, then quit saying it. And so it began to put a guard over my mouth where I would catch my, I'd get ready to say stuff and then I'd realize, oh no, I don't, I don't, I don't want that to happen, one. And two, I don't want Shelly to correct me again. 
That's a motivation factor for me right there enough. But it began to help me. So we have a thing of saying around our house to this day. If my words don't line up with what we're believing or agreeing for, we say, just drop it in neutral. You know what neutral means? Just keep your mouth shut. Don't say it this way or don't say it. Just, just drop it in neutral. And so if you're ever around us and you hear her say to her, Stormy, just drop it in neutral. That's what she's talking about. Shut up. And so a lot of you didn't know this, but there are, there are 11 commandments in the Bible. The 11th commandment says, thou shall not be hung by thy tongue. That's not really a commandment, okay? I'm just throwing that in there. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.